Welcome to Frightening Frowin with Tyler and Lee. Oh, wrong way. Oh, dang. I can't do this not mirrored thing. (laughs) I should have left it. It was mirrored, but then I was like, oh, my shirt's backwards. And so I changed it. And now it's weird. Because my hair is on the other side. (laughs) Yeah, the whole mirrored, like the invert thing is just, it, it breaks my brain. So I try not to like, that's why I don't look at my like face in different situations, because if it's different than what I'm used to, I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole fun house mirror thing. Yeah. Um. So first matter of business. I got this in the mail. Oh, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> no, why? Cow pie. Guess what? Chicken butt. I do that as much as much for the recipient who gets the package as I do for the male person. Like, right. I feel like they're going to be reading it going, he, 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 that's dumb. <laughs> yeah. If you guys didn't see the packaging for this is from Lee's shop uh, on Etsy. And I think you can go to, was it Lee.com? Lee.com. Yeah. Lee.com. So yeah. So part of why I didn't mirror it too so they could read it (laughs) (laughs) and Boogie's like horrified face he's like because I like torment him all right yay I'm not energy my packaging for my shop is so nice that if it's from me it's like chaos it's like (laughs) you want to say hi okay you can say hi real quick I got a I got another co-host. <laughs> and there's a matching co-host. <laughs> Lisa says hi. And everybody Hello. on on YouTube says hi. Hello. <laughs> All right. So I got a letter. Do you want me to read the letter on here? Yeah, I didn't say much. I'm not good at words. It says, You are the most amazing human in the world. Tyler. <laughs> That's kind no. of what I was trying to say, you know, but it came out oh, different. Look at your art. <laughs> it says, Happy birthday. I'm glad we are friends. Lee. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love the paper. Those are like bags that I got for um the greeting cards that I made but I haven't sold any of I've only sold like one pack of but I got these like cool little bags to put them into and stuff and then I like tied the cards up in these like nice like brown string and it looks very the presentation is very All nice I just stuff. haven't gotten to send it out like your presentation if you guys go onto my tiktok you can see me opening someone sent me gifts from this is from lee but someone else bought me gifts from lee's shop for my birthday <laughs> And I open them, and the presentation is very cute. <laughs> I tell Lee that she should charge more. I should. She doesn't. She doesn't listen to me. No. <laughs> so go buy things while they're cheap, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at some point I'll actually learn what they're worth because I'll start selling stuff in person and be like, "Oh, well, Etsy." Oh, you did a little. You did a little wax seal. It it oh came. It came with gosh. that. So uh, there's are... two, there's two things in there. There's, oh, I there's see, the, I see, I see. Yeah. Um, there's also 
your eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I put my card in there. Did I? I did put my card in there. Oh, maybe because I knew you were going to open it. So. <laughs> okay. So the card says crafty L at Lee.com. Lee.com. Lee. Well, it says L at. Well, that's Lee.com. Yeah. Lee e.com yeah the lee was taken these are so cool and then i had asked lee to save these for me yeah i just was like i'm throwing those in little candy corns i I don't know like i don't have any experience with like hair pokey things but you have enough hair that i feel like they would work i think so Plus, it's two. It's two crows. Exactly. Oh. Did you guys see that? <laughs> They're two crows. Okay, I'm gonna play with my hair later. I'll make another video. <laughs> Squishmallows <you>. alive. <laughs> Evelyn's looking for the car keys. <laughs> I don't know where they are, honey. Um, I don't know where they are, Evelyn. You're gonna have to look for them later. I don't I don't know where they are. So I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I oh you're, you're no. Yeah, I don't gifts are weird because I don't always gift. I only gift when I see like the right thing. So it's yeah. like you might you might go a couple birthdays without getting a gift, but then when you do get a gift, it'll be because it was like the right like thing. ultimate. Yeah, exactly. It's like the right thing. Mm-hmm. well it was the right thing it's perfect and i love everything that i got from your shop as well so awesome. <laughs> um i oh i meant to use one of my mugs but they're way over there my little <laughs> minions left <They're> hi- <laughs> mugs are hiding there i can see them but <laughs> i'd have to climb over my stuff i put over here <laughs> your wall my wall of pickles I was like, I'll unwrap one of the pickles so that you could tell what they are. I like, I want to be able to eat pickles, but um, they just, with the mast cell stuff, they don't, they don't go well. Plus they're almost always made with garlic, which I can't Mm. eat. So it's onions probably. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer. I tried making my own and that's how I discovered that I have an issue with the, how they're made. They... I made my own too, and I did do better with those. Um, the sound is being weird in my head right now. What is going on? It's like, oh, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the noise canceling turned on at the same time. Oh no, <laughs> they're noise, they're noise canceling headphones. I'm sorry for all of my technical difficulties, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh my gosh but yeah so you have some updates on your rv stuff you've raised about half the money for it yeah i met right. um my gofundme's at fifty-seven thirty right now or fifty-seven forty right now which is amazing i i really didn't expect to to get much at all um but the suspension repair costs are 7200 so i'm not quite there yet and I am try. I did ask for twelve. I'm not expecting to get the full twelve, 
but that's to help pay for the um, 4.5K in solar batteries that I had to get yeah. as well um, that I wasn't expecting oh. to have to get for quite a while. And um, yeah, so those went on a credit card that, you know, my income is too low to pay. So any yeah. anything, you know, those it's going to help. Like, yeah. And you needed, and not even, you needed eight? Yeah. And they're not even the batteries that I wanted to get, but the batteries I wanted to get were so expensive that like, I just was like, yeah. That's how it is with mine. If you guys don't know, both of us have RVs. I was living in mine and I will again, but my, uh, I have solar as well. And I built the whole system and Lee's now redoing the system that was on the rv that she got and the batteries for the for that solar system are very expensive they should last a long time now but they're very expensive to have to rebuy all of them and lee was not expecting that yeah they i knew they were old but i you know they were working fine when i bought the rv and then they um they, when the roof was replaced, the batteries were fully discharged, which for lead acid can be bad even when they're healthy. Um, but because they were like closer to end of life, it killed all of them, all eight. So, you know, and the batteries themselves are like individual. Like if I only needed two, it wouldn't have been that bad. But because the system, the way it's built, I need eight of them in order to support like a 36 foot like trailer. Um, it, yeah, it just adds up to like a lot. Plus, like, I needed, yeah. like, some custom cables made for, like, the last four of them. And, you know, those were, like, 80 bucks a pop and and yeah, all that. It's, so it's a lot. And it's, it's nice when it's working and it will save money, like, over the long haul. But it's a lot upfront cost. Yeah. It gives me the freedom yeah. to be able to park kind of anywhere. And the only thing I really need access to is, like, water regularly because I have the composting toilet and then I'll have the solar. So as long as I'm careful, you know, I won't need like the hookups. I just need access to, to water. And I know that th this isn't interesting for me. I don't know about all you guys, but I hope it is. How does the composting toilet work? So the one that I got, I'm like, let me tell you. Yeah, <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> is, um, it's fully enclosed, but it... Um, it has like a little funnel in the front of it and then it has a, like a trap door in the back back part of it. And so when you go pee or poop, like your poop either goes towards the back or your pee goes in the front. Like you like men have to sit. You cannot stand and pee, which is awesome because I already have that rule in my house. If if you have to stand when you pee, you go outside. But um, so uh, the pee gets separated into bottles and then the poop goes into this like reservoir that has um I'm putting like moss in there. Um, and after you go poop, you like turn it three times and that that mixes it up and it starts to compost. And because there's no um, liquid in there, because you're, there's no pee or water in there, the poop doesn't smell that much. That's really what causes the bacteria growth that makes that really strong smell. And so once you have like a good bacteria population, it takes like a week or two. Um, there, It just smells like dirt. It's not... It's not like gross awesome. like people expect. And then the pee, I'll have to dump out like every three or four days, but that's really good for plants. So that's not a big deal. And then the um, the poop is like, it said if you go every day, it's about 90 days. 
and you can either I was planning to feed it to my worm bin, but my worm bin died. So um, if unless I get a new worm bin, I will you, I'm just going to put it in one of those um, composting bags and just put mm-hmm. it in the compost. OK. And I heard that it takes like four years for poop to turn into compost if you don't have worms, like if you're just composting it, compost that can be used for plants. Is that accurate? That um, I don't know, because the stuff that I read said um, like a year or so, if you're using it with the toilet, that you could, you know, it, or you could add it to like a compost pile that's going to be doing its thing for like a couple of months or whatever. Um, but I haven't looked into looked into that because I was focused on the worms. Right, right. Um, I only read that in one article, so I don't know how accurate it is, but it was someone who yeah. had a composting toilet in their house and they had two places that they would move it to. So every four years they would move the toilet, dig up everything, use it um, or store it. And then when they went to move it again, then they would use that compost and then they would, it was a whole thing. Interesting. But, I wonder if uh, that's because that's all that's there. And so you you get a lot more of that bacteria versus because mine it's literally going into like a closed thing and I can just pick it up and dump it out and then I add more moss and you know it so I don't know I'm gonna look that up because I'm curious about it but yeah, I would I imagine mean, that was underground so it, it could be the way it was being stored and I don't know if they were diverting the urine or not <laughs> so yeah that could be part of it too yeah yeah the whole black water yeah it just sounds it's that sounds more like they have an outhouse in their house it was like that it wasn't in america it was a different country (laughs) so um but they were trying to be completely green and so they were they had wind that they had built they had water that they had built and then they were doing the composting toilet in their house to be like completely green and use that for their garden yeah that's cool i'm like i'm excited about filtering They did divert the urine because they were filtering it for something for watering the plants, I think. Yeah, I'm going to because I have the gray water tank, so I'm planning on using that to to um, water the plants because that's just it's just like sink water and the laundry water. There won't be any bathroom stuff there at all. Um, so what are you doing for laundry? Um, so part of the reason why I picked the trailer that I did is that it has a spot for for it but i won't be able to run a dryer so i i just got a washer like a okay small... and they don't hang dry yeah okay. and, I'll That's just... not and i already bad. i already hang dry like half of my stuff anyways but i'm really bummed because i have a really nice all-in-one washer that doesn't use a lot of power but it doesn't it won't fit it's too big so i'm gonna have to sell it ah. yeah bad. <laughs> hopefully somebody <laughs> americans are not very familiar with the all-in-ones so I don't know how much of a market there is for like a used one, but it's like freaking brand new. Like I feel like, like I, they're getting there though. I like they I have seen more for sale and I have seen a lot more like YouTubers and TikTokers talk about them. Yeah. And they do take up a lot less room and they have a lot less energy usage. So yeah. You do and have water. to wait for the entire thing to be done. So it does take a little longer if you have a but- lot of people in the house. Yeah, but it uses steam, which is, like, so much nicer on your clothes. Like, your clothes would be so much softer. And uh, it's I love them. I've had them for, like, years because I've never lived anywhere big enough to have a washer and a dryer and a cat box. So. <laughs> so true. 
um yeah so with your cat box um what are you doing with that I I'm asking so many questions about your RV I'm sorry <laughs> So my plan right now, based on the layout, is the front room has the two slide outs. So it's without the slide outs out, it's uh, eight feet across. And then when the slide outs come out, it's 12 feet across. And there's like a picture window at the very end that's kind of like a little alcove. And I'm going to put all the, the cat box and I'm going to eventually, when I have the money, get a um, cat tower for him. And so he can just hang out in the window there. Um, and I think that like layout wise, that'll work pretty well to be out of the way there's really nowhere else to put it so i have like the right. litter robot one so yeah. it takes it's got a footprint does he, does he like that <laughs> yeah all my cats i've this is my third third one i swear by them because they make my life so much easier and all my cats have liked them i've never had an issue with them integrating or adapting to them i want to get one but i'm so scared the cats aren't going to want anything to do with it yeah but um, I did I tell you my plan for before I go back out on the road uh, for the litter box. Mm -mm. So I'm building storage under the bus and I'm going to do one compartment that the cats can go down into and put the litter box in there so I can empty it out from outside because mm -hmm. I have a lot of allergies to the cat stuff, no matter what litter I use it doesn't even if it's not um, dusty or anything I think it's the actual cat pee is what I think yeah. it is um, so I'm thinking of putting it underneath so the cats can go down in there and go to the bathroom and then I can just open that up and dump it out from it out there that's genius <sighs> oh that's the plan I saw one other person do it um, I will insulate it because I don't want it to be too cold or too hot down there mm -hmm. um because I do tend to go to colder climates <laughs> with the bus. Uh, but I saw one other person do it and I saved everything to be like, I want to do that because <laughs> that sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah, um, that's really cool. I keep, cool. Getting, keep getting accidental cats and I don't think I'll ever not have a cat. So. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. Like, I thought like after Oski died that I would go without a cat for a while and I couldn't, I didn't even make it a month. I was just like, nope, my, there's something missing, you know? Yeah. I've had Fiona for almost 11 years and then MILF potato just climbed into my life. So now this, and I'm pretty sure MILF potato is a kitten, like four months or so when I got it. Yeah. So that one will be around for a while now. I'm really, I'm curious to see how Amos will do in the RV. I feel like in a way, the fact that we've been stuck in a room is good because he'll feel like he has more space and may mm -hmm. adapt to it more easily as a result. But all the windows should be like plenty of entertainment. Yeah. And there's a lot more layers for, and cats love going up and down and all over the place. Yeah. And I, my cats have loved being in the RV and just because there is a lot to climb on and to hide in and um they did a lot better than i thought they would uh the dog is okay um i think likes it because there's not a lot of stairs because my house has so many stairs <laughs> and frankie's 11 as well and getting old so yeah <laughs> her poor hips walking up and down all the stairs in the house but she's been mainly on the main floor ever since the other dogs left because yeah she doesn't have to climb all the way up to my room anymore <laughs> 
Yeah. My dog did not. He never saw stairs until I got him and he was six when I got him. And so he did not, he would do the stairs, but he did not like them. And I'm pretty sure he had like a low back injury prior to me getting him. And so like, he was really, really careful about like slippery floors and, you know, like I pretty much knew like I could put, leave food out in the kitchen and he just wouldn't go in because the floor was slick. So, you know, I was like, okay. Poor thing. Oh my gosh. Frankie's definitely has like um uh arthritis in her back hips and it gets better it's it's better in the summer in the winter it's really bad and she has to go out to go to the bathroom and because she wants to go outside and she likes the snow but i can tell that it's harder on her hips do you give her like um the supplements and stuff that help with that yeah, and they have helped, and I've get, started giving her extra fish oil too, and that's helped too. Um, so we'll see this winter because I started extra supplements last winter, and it helped a lot. But we were also in the bus, so it's hard to tell because there wasn't stairs. So yeah, well, hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that her like breeds life expectancy is like seven to ten years, so she's at eleven. <laughs> she's still kicking she's still doing good that's that's awesome that she's just uh she's an extra old lady was that what do they call the people live over a hundred the blue oh something you know she's one of those yeah for dogs she's an old bitty (laughs) it's like the secret the secret to living a long life is have a good owner exactly and we're the third owners so she went through she was I think she was two when we got her um and the first ones we're pretty sure were not kind or they had a kid that wasn't kind and then the second ones um she just had a lot of anxiety and they didn't know how to handle it and so they brought her back to the same place that they got her from and then she was on anxiety like dog Prozac and got her weaned off of that and she hasn't had to be back on it we were a little worried that she'd have to with what happened with the other dogs but um with them leaving she's still really nervous but i think she'll get better like she's already doing better that's good yeah my the cat my other cat who doesn't live with me anymore but uh lives stayed with my ex because they like they like connected in a special way um is on is on prozac and just has been on it. Like I tried putting him on it. And when he was doing well, very slowly wean him off and he'd be okay for about six months after he was off of it. And then he would start having issues and it's all like food anxiety stuff. So like you'll start to prepare his food and he will just pee. He gets so excited. Mm-hmm. He pees and, and it, on the Prozac, he just, he doesn't do that. He's still very demanding for the food, but he's more, you know, but he's just sensitive, like with, with Amos in the house, he's had issues like urinary issues and stuff from the stress. So like now he's getting the gabapentin to help chill him out even more. And, you know, and then when we, when we move out, he should be, he should be okay to to just go back to Prozac only. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad they have that. And they realize that it worked for dogs and it's the same prescription as humans. (laughs) Yep. It is just compounded. (laughs) Yep. It's the same uh, make maker too of them. They're exactly the same. Same with antibiotics. 
for the fish tanks it's the exact same as people antibiotics and the same companies but like one one hundredth of the price (laughs) (laughs) i'm not saying that for any reason (laughs) yeah i've actually found the cost of the beds for the animals to be proportionally more at least for the meds that i've gotten for them yeah Um, like the when I was going through some like really bad infection stuff, the and I didn't have insurance, my antibiotics they wanted to give me were like, I think they were going to be like $60. It was when I was going through Lyme disease. So I had to be on like this hardcore antibiotics for like a month at a time. And it was a lot. And so I went and looked <laughs> and it was like, because the fish ones, it comes in like 120 of them mm-hmm. and it was like five dollars for the th- whole thing wow so i was like hmm. <laughs> that's uh that's interesting i wonder how they they justify that <laughs> i ended up still getting the human ones but <laughs> yeah you're like looking at it, it was doing very the math. tempting do, 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 do. i didn't yeah. want them to blame it not working on me doing it that way because it didn't work and it's i think it's like a 30 percent chance of working And I went through the treatment like three different times over, I think it was nine months. And the pills are horrible. Like I felt horrible. I'm like, I'd rather just deal with the Lyme disease at this point because I felt so sick the whole time I was taking them. um, I took an antibiotic for like, that's used for IBS and they get, you take it for a week and it's like $800 just for the pills. And I just signed up for the, they had financial assistance. So I got it. I got it for free, thankfully. But like when they, Mm -hmm. when I saw how much it was, I was like, uh, yeah. So I only, if it gets paid for, can I take this, you know, and it did, it did help, but like some of the meds, I don't understand because it's only in America. They cost that much. The same exact medications in another country do not cost that much. And so when you're looking at what they call like the like drugs being smuggled into America majority Mm -hmm. of them are actually coming from Canada and like European countries and their actual prescription medications so that people can get them cheaper and they're the same medications and um, so people do go to like Canada and and Mexico to go and get medications because they're the exact same so there's a medication for HIV that here in America is over $4,000 a month if you don't have insurance. And the same medication in Europe is about $4 a month. And like, why? (laughs) We can eradicate this. And like PrEP, same thing. PrEP um, to prevent HIV. If if we got everybody on it and people were taking it, we could eradicate HIV. So why are they not doing that and making it affordable? And we have a contract with Gilead who makes those medications, which love the name, by the way, (laughs) if you've watched or read A Handmaid's Tale, (laughs) Um, but that we will not, we can't sell generic brands until I think 2025 of the medication. And so we have to pay Right. We have to pay the full price until then because of the contract we have with the company that makes it. I was reading an article that was talking about the um, the long term impacts of the weight loss medications, um, because 
if people take these and their health gets better, they literally will not be going to the doctors and seeking treatment for these other things. And that that's people are getting worried and it's becoming like a threat. They're like, well, where are we going to get our money? If you know, and they're like, so that's one of the reasons to not lower the cost on the medication. And I'm like, dude, people are always going to need doctors for lots of different reasons. Like, like that cannot be the reason why people don't have access to stuff that is immoral. No, no. And then people could deal with their other health problems if they're not dealing with the problems from being overweight. And our weight issues have a lot to do with the things that the government subsidizes in the U.S. Sugar and milk and like yeah, all of these, these things. High, high yeah. information foods and additives and preservatives and like just crap like anything that's affordable for the most part is just crap. Mm -hmm. It's so true. And groceries in general are not affordable right now, even, even the crap. And yeah. so we're dealing with people that were able to afford those vegetables or like full proteins and things like that. Now are being knocked down into the system of crap again. So you have more people just sustaining on crap. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like we, with the mast cell yeah. stuff, we have to avoid preservatives and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And so like that means eating like real foods. And I like my budget for like food is impossible. I end up like buying stuff to eat that I shouldn't be eating because I know it's going to make me sicker, but I literally cannot afford to eat the way that I should be eating. It's yeah. Just, it's just not, it's not, there is not enough money for that. And I'm I don't have access to uh, food stamps because they say that $1,600 a month in the San Francisco Bay Area is too much for food stamps. That's not even enough for rent. Exactly. <laughs> what yeah. the hell? You So yeah. here, it's about that same amount here, and the cost of living is way lower. Yeah. I think there, I, I'm not sure, but I think there's sort of just like an amount and it doesn't matter where you're at. They're not really looking at like the cost thing. They were like, they approved me for $40 a month or something when I, when I, um, at, like before I moved from the house and because I won't be paying rent, there's no way I would be approved at all, like in the RV, but my cost of living is literally like my income and that's without paying rent because of like groceries and and my medicine and everything else like it's not you know I'm not like buying extra stuff I don't like all the clothes I wear were given to me from a friend that loves to go to thrift shopping and she pays for them like I can't afford clothes I need shoes that are good for my feet can't afford it like no oh you know? my gosh that should be covered by insurance honestly especially with EDS yeah. And, I, and the fact that oh. they think that I have the rheumatoid arthritis that, of course, is taking forever to get diagnosed, like that I have that throughout my feet, then I should be wearing shoes that support my feet appropriately and stuff like that. It just it's an impossible. It is. It's, and, and it's like it's, it's like that oh. everywhere, you it know, in the places. And, yeah. Yeah. And the places that aren't as bad are getting as bad. Like it's inevitable. Like our groceries in my town, because we're in the middle of nowhere, are way higher than in the cities, yet we make less money here. So it's it's just this whole thing. And I know our rent is less, like rent in my town is less and mortgages in my town are less than the cities, but 
again, our pay is less. So most people Mm -hmm. here are making like $20 an hour and $20 an hour does not get you much anymore. (laughs) So, and I, like they didn't raise how much they're paying people here when everything went up. And so the people that were doing okay on $20, $25 an hour are now suffering. And there's people now losing their houses, which houses had not been foreclosing here in a really long time because the cost of living was so low. And now place people are losing their homes because their insurance and their taxes went up. It had nothing to do with even their mortgage amount. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. I don't even, I think minimum wage here is like $15. And so like, which is, you know, mm-hmm. is nuts. And then my disability payment, it's not even, it's not even close to minimum wage amounts. So, That's and I, I feel like, you know, if you're, if you're get if you're permanently disabled or, you know, or, or ha- on um, social security after retirement or whatever, at minimum, you should be getting minimum wage. Oh, totally. Like, and minimum wage should pay like for a single person to be surviving. Yeah. Like if you're working full time, there's no reason for you to not be able to survive. Oh, right. My gosh. I think minimum wage here is 1075, wow. which went up from $8 when I first moved here. Um, and I'm like, $8. Some of my employees were making $8. And I'm like this, that's dumb. Like there's no way you can survive. And they're college students living like together all in one place to yeah. barely survive. But I mean, we all went through that, but, <laughs> um, but it's worse now. And I can admit that, that when I was college age, it was not as bad as it is now. Yeah. No, I, I remember like, um, I mean, I started working when I was like 14 and it was always minimum wage. And I think it was 425 then. And then mm-hmm. when, um, I got a, like a live-in care job that was like, woohoo, um, I'm wearing shorts guys. I'm not naked. I was like taking care of the person, uh, full time and like lived there. So I got, I got room and not really bored. She didn't really pay for my food, but I was making like four thirty-two an hour and it, you know, I would have had a hard time, like renting anything more than like the tiniest of rooms or something, but I would have been able to like, I mean, just the amount that it's changed is, you know, yeah. My, and I think I talked about this on another episode, but my first apartment I got when I was 18 was nine 70, I think a month. And that same exact apartment is 3000 a month now. There's a noise. Oh, is that me? Maybe. I think so. Oh, was it my air conditioning unit? (laughs) I don't know. It's only doing it when you're talking and then it stops. Like, so maybe there's a background noise that's coming through when you're talking and then. Because it's totally quiet when you're not talking. I think it is the air conditioning unit. Okay. Okay. Is that better? It just turned off. Say something again. Hello, how are you today? No, it's still there. Oh, then I don't know what it is. Let me see. I'll I'll mute and then unmute. Testing. Is it Ah. moving? I don't know. Oh, well. Hello. I'll do my best to ignore it because it probably other people probably won't hear it as much as I do because I'm weird. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I I don't know what changed. <laughs> I had I had hit my headphone button, but my headphones are only for my me hearing. Yeah, it. Um, yeah, I was wondering um, about that. Oh, that's so weird. No, no, that's right. Yeah, it's not because you're not hearing my headphones. I don't know. I think it's that's in your so head. weird. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. See, this episode became about you, though. So you're the woman. (laughs) (laughs) It's about my toilet. Um, You you might actually know the person that this is about. um, Because you like you like old films and films from other countries. Yeah. Right. She is a she's an Austrian actress um, who came to America and changed her name. Um, so, <laughs> um, but Hedy Lamar, do you know who she is? I think so. Yes. I'm bad at names, but I, I have like, it sounds really familiar to me, so it'll, it'll come to me. She, she was in silent films and then they turned to speaking roles when that became normal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's beautiful. Oh my gosh. Let me see. Let me pull up a picture for you guys because she she was called like the most beautiful woman in the world at the time and i'm i think they may have been true like right about that <laughs> like sh- oh Let's see. oh forgot the camera's up here now oh yeah i remember yeah she was in ecstasy that's that era that's that era of eyebrows that my eyebrows fit in with so true. <laughs> I get people, your eyebrows are weird. That's what I get a lot. And, or I get, wow, your eyebrows are really classic. If people are like familiar with the old, I was and I'm say like timeless. <laughs> yeah. They're just, mine are just confused. <laughs> I, and people are like, I've had people, well, you pluck them too much. I'm, I, I haven't plucked my eyebrows in over 20 years, except for the grandpa <laughs> ones that started coming out with uh, perimenopause. They're really curly and stuff. They're not, they're not part of the original brow. They're like a whole other, like invading species. Like they must be plucked. <laughs> I get them on my chin. <laughs> I don't I get them in my eyebrows to. yet. I did the, like, I, I, so I, I always had some hair as part of my PCOS, like fun. And then perimenopause made my PCOS better temporarily. It will come back. And so I haven't had to do any, anything here for a couple of years and I'm enjoying the vacation because I know that like, you know, in another five years or so (laughs) it's going to be extra. And then I might just grow it out and braid it or something. I don't know. I think I would. (laughs) (laughs) I would try. I mean, it's if not I didn't fair just that... have two, yeah, I like two or three, just like long ones. And sometimes, yeah. like someone will mention it, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, it is there," and I just pull it out. <laughs> it's not fair. Those men age; they get to like cover what happens to the under part of their face, like with hair, you know. And we don't get to do that, and then we get judged for it. It's not fair. Like, so if I can do that, I might. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm, and then like diet cool colors and. <laughs> exactly draw as much attention (laughs) to it as possible just make people uncomfortable yeah I think that's my goal in life now (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness okay so let's learn about Hetty Hetty all right 
Um, many people who love the early films know her as the most beautiful woman in the world, as I said. Some even know her um, know of her from her tragic end because she dies. I mean, trigger alert. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's so it's so weird. Like, why would that happen? It really wasn't. It, okay, I don't want to say it wasn't that tragic, but. <laughs> she was in her 80s when she died it wasn't like right. a tragic like early ending but everyone was like oh it was such a tragic end and I'm like she died of heart disease she, she did what <laughs> she did what ideally most humans would get to do right is live in a long 80s. life and yeah <laughs> um and how truly incredible she was and how she pioneered aspects of the world we live in today uh, Lamar was born, uh, you're going to love her name, Hedwig. Hedwig. <laughs> like the owl. Hed- Hedwig Eva Maria Keisler in 1914. Keisler. Hedwig. Hedwig. Just, that's such a, that's a name. There's, there's. That's not that's not the name that you would associate with like I mean if it, it with like a, a beautiful person right it's yeah sounds like an like a bookworm or you know it doesn't sound feminine either <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and heady like the things Americans could make fun of you for that um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah her name was Hedwig Eva Maria Keisler or Keisler. I heard it both ways. Um, in 1914 in Vienna, um, Austria, and she was the only child of Gertrude, who they called Trude, Trude, Keisler, and Emil Keisler. Her father was born to a Jewish family in Lemberg in the Austrian part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, now modern-day Ukraine. And was in the 1920s, in the 1920s, he was a deputy director of <laughs> Wiener. <laughs> Actually, I think it'd probably be like Viner. Yeah. Uh, bank, bank Viren, which was a major bank in Habs- Habsburg monarchy and the first Austrian Republic founded in 1869. Wiener Bank. Wiener Bank. <laughs> and in the end of his life, he was a director at the United Credit. It was a it was a really prestigious bank for royalty, like for monarchs. Um, I can't pronounce the name. I'm sorry. I tried. 19 it was founded in 1931. Her mother was a pianist and a native of Budapest and um had come from the upper class Hungarian Jewish family. So both of her parents were really wealthy and she grew up in wealth and being a jewish banker uh his her father made a lot of money and saved a lot of money but she was an only child so they spent a lot of it on her and she was very fortunate for that um so her mother though converted to catholicism and they raised um hedwig in the uh christian faith but they never baptized her as far as records show, hmm. which is interesting. Um, her parents sent her to a Swiss boarding school and she hated it. 
Um, she felt trapped while she was there and she escaped and went back to Vienna because she was missing her family and the ability that she had there to be able to get into acting on stage as well as there were some big film production places in Vienna that she wanted to work for whether or not she can act for them she wanted to do whatever she could Um, as a child Lamar showed an interest in acting and was fascinated by theater and film at the age of 12 she won a beauty contest in Vienna and this led her to begin um, to associate or sorry as well as that, she started inventing things and was working with her dad on some inventions that he was working on. And she loved technology as well as just getting her hands onto things and figuring out how they work. Uh, so she loved both worlds and she didn't want to give up either of them. She wanted the big silver screen as well as to be um, getting her hands dirty and inventing things and learning. And she just loved how technology was as much as there was back then. She knew that there would be more and she wanted to have her hand in it. Um, so her parents put her in some acting classes in Vienna. Um, when one day she, f- she forged a note from her mother. <laughs> um, I never forged a note from my mother, by the way, even though I got in trouble for forging a note that I didn't forge. (laughs) Did you ever forge a note? Yeah, for a couple of years before I got caught. (laughs) (laughs) I used to cut school and go to the library um, because I was bored. So I'd literally go downtown to the library and then I'd write like notes and mm-hmm. it was fine for like a year and a half, two years. And then I finally got caught. And I just said, oh, I've done it like three or four times. Like I I, <laughs> I didn't say it was my first time because that would be like too obvious, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I got in trouble for a note my brother forged saying that I signed it for him. I'm like, wow. why? Why would you throw me under the bus? Like, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, brother. <laughs> oh, I think that was the day. I'm pretty sure this was the day that my mom went to spank me for this because we got spanked with wooden spoons Mm -hmm. and she took the spoon up and I'm like, I swear I didn't do it. And she took the spoon up and it broke like in her hand before she could bring it down. She's like, you have a guardian angel today. And I was like, (laughs) I didn't do it. (laughs) That sounds like something my mom would have said. (laughs) Go to your room. Make, make her sound like she's been smoking for 40 years <laughs> um so with this forged note she went to sasha film which was the largest austrian film production company of the silent film um uh, era and she was able to get herself hired as a script girl during her school breaks and after school And a script girl is a member of the film crew who oversees the continuity of the motion picture from wardrobe to props to dressing to hair and makeup and just make sure that each scene is like seamlessly going through and that things didn't change between um, filming. And um, she wanted to be. Yeah, sorry. I was going to say that's like a important role because some of us get very distracted by the inconsistencies like candles obviously burning for way too long between each cut and, you know, the amount in the drink and exactly. Yeah. And food on the plate. And yeah, 
I feel like they did better at this back then than they do right? now. Um, did you see the Barbie movie? No. So in the Barbie movie, they didn't actually eat or drink. Like they would pretend to eat, like make the food, and then they would have like an empty cup. Okay. And um, when she goes into the wor- real world, they give her a cup. And she goes to just pour it, and just pours on her. She's like, I'm not used to things being in those. <laughs> um, but it also really bugs me in movies when the cup is empty and like you know that it's freaking empty and they're like, you can tell by around. the way they're holding it and stuff. And then the way yeah. the drinking looks really fake and like, like yeah. coffee cups, like from like right. a coffee shop that's like a paper cup. And you're like, that isn't it. No. Yep. <laughs> water in it or something right oh that always bothers me it's every single time like they do not have anything in those cups um so she wanted to be as close as possible to anyone um she could learn from and practice skills with by 15 she was getting invitations to the glamorous parties held by the film elite in vienna while there, she was able to get a role as an extra in a movie called Money on the Market, or sorry, Money on the Street, um, which was a 1930s Austrian-German romantic comedy film directed by George J- Jacoby. <laughs> Jacoby, I'm sure. <laughs> Jacoby. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> And then a small speaking part in Storm in a Water Glass, which is a 1931 Austrian-German comedy film. Producer Mark um, Reinhard then cast her in a play entitled The Weaker Sex. Love Mm -hmm. that one. Um, (laughs) Which was performed at the theater in Der Josefstadt. Reinhardt was so impressed with her that he brought her with him back to Berlin. Um, she never formally trained with Reinhardt or appeared in any of his Berlin productions. Instead, she met the Russian theater producer, Alex Gronowski, who cast her in the film um, directorial de- debut, The Trunks of Mr. O.F., trunks of so like his pants i guess so <laughs> how did they come up with the names of these movies? <laughs> right storm in a glass of water so I, like I they think... they like they corner yeah. a, po- a poet and go say something <laughs> i bet that these are in german and like this is the translation to english yeah <laughs> and it sounds better in german <laughs> um and that was in 1931 um and then um, Gronowski soon moved to Paris, but Lamar stayed in Berlin and was given the lead role in No Money Needed in 1932, a comedy directed by Carl Boos. Lamar then Boos. starred, and I was like, I don't know how to say that name. B-O-E-S-E. Boese. Boese. <laughs> Lamar <laughs> then starred in the film, which made her internationally Famous or infamous, depending on who you ask. <laughs> and not her fault, mind you. This, this whole role makes me angry. The more I read into it, 
and what happened to her, the more I feel for her. Um, in 1933 um, is when the film came out. It was 1932 when they were filming. So she was 17. Lamar was given the lead in um, the film Ecstasy. She played the neglected young wife of an independent older man. This was the first of its kind, a non-pornographic film to portray a female orgasm. And of course, there were mixed feelings about that. Women don't have those. (laughs) Was that? I can't remember what that was after like Freud told people orgasms were bad because before Freud did that, orgasms were considered a necessary part of procreation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I I watched the scene and her all of her clothes are on. Like she's completely dressed. It's just her face it zooms in on and it's like facial expressions of having an orgasm, and then her hand is like off to the side of the bed. You can look it up, it's on YouTube. Um, yeah. <laughs> um but so that scene was what everyone had a controversy with and her controversy wasn't with that scene. Um, but remember she was 17 when she filmed this, not, not 18. Um, so that also struck some controversy. Um, the film became both celebrated and notorious for showing Lamar's face in the throes of orgasm, as well as close up and brief scenes of nudity. And that was not in that scene. Um, in a scene where she's running outdoors unclothed and also skinny dipping, uh, she almost walked off the set when she read that she had to get naked for this scene. <sighs> I don't even have to read this because I could talk about it. Um, so she, I looked up the scene and I don't think it should even be online because she was 17, but they told her that they would film it from really far away. They wouldn't really be able to see. They would know that she was naked, but they wouldn't be able to see it and that they were mainly going to be focusing on the guy that she was trying to hide being naked from so mm-hmm. she's like trying to hide herself from this guy they used a what do they call it a high-powered telephoto lens to be able to film her from far away and it was not a wide angle it was right up on her <laughs> i had a feeling that was coming and she did not know this um, until they were uh, reviewing the film when it was finished. And she got to do go to the showing of it before it actually released to theaters. And she went and saw it and she was mortified. She felt extremely violated. She felt duped. And like in her biography that she wrote, that's the word she used was duped. Um, and then she knew that her parents were going to go see this film. And they would not be happy about this and uh they were not as soon as it got to one of the scenes that so they saw what they saw the orgasm scene and they didn't like that but she was fully clothed and they when it got to the nudity scene they walked out of the theater they couldn't finish the film um they were very upset she during recording had a um person with her that was supposed to be protecting her and making sure that things were not she wasn't being stepped all over as a woman um in the film industry and that person didn't help i guess yeah right somebody um, didn't do their job yeah 
Um, Although she was dismayed and now disillusioned about taking other roles, the film gained world recognition after winning an award at the Venice Film Festival. Throughout Europe, it was regarded as an artistic work, and it really is beautiful. Like the, I watched the film; it is really beautiful. I hate how it happened, and I don't even think that that nudity scene needed to be in there at all. It didn't really add to the film, and I think they just did it for exposure. But um, the rest of the film was was well done, and it is beautiful. Um. So in America, it was considered overly sexual and received negative publicity, especially among women's groups. It was banned. um, It it ended up being banned in America as well as in Germany for being too sensual and erotic. (laughs) (laughs) And if you were to watch it, it is not that sensual or erotic to today's standards. But right. Um, women cannot have orgasms. So <laughs> after feeling taken advantage of, she went to the stage to play starring roles in front of live audiences where she had control over what she was doing and knew how it was being perceived by the audiences, which made a lot of sense to me as that being what she went to go do after that. Um, and she ended up getting a lot of adoring fans and the, a lot of them men would try to get backstage to talk to her and to try to woo her. Um, and she would poo poo them away. I want nothing <laughs> to do with you. I'm 17. Um, yeah. So when she, after she turned 18, there was one particular man, a 33 year old uh, Frederick Mandel, 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 there's no E. It's M-A-N-D-L, but in some of the documentaries, they said Man- Mandel, and some said Mandel. Mm. Um, but he was obsessed with her. He um, at first seemed like he was in awe of her and really liked what she was doing and respected her. But later on, it didn't seem like that anymore. Mandel was an Austrian military arms merchant and munition manufacturer and the third richest man in Austria. After a while of avoiding him, she finally gave in and fell for his charms and gifts. She thought um, his personality was fascinating, and she did like the attention he gave her, and admittedly, she was attracted to the security of his massive wealth. There would not be a love story without disapproving parents, though, right? (laughs) Uh, her Jew- her Jewish parents did not approve of this match at all. And let's not forget, she had just turned 18. <laughs> um, their biggest problem with Mandel was his ties to the Italian prime minister and national fascist party leader, Mussolini. <laughs> <laughs> and later, um, after that, his ties to uh, Hitler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that uh yeah Hmm. um yes (laughs) the arms and munition dealer of the people who soon would be try to exterminate uh his his soon-to-be wife's family (laughs) yeah um this is pre-world war ii so this is before all of that happened but it was ramping up (laughs) yeah 
Um, Lamar did not listen to her parents, please. And she did marry Mandel on August 10th of 1933 at, um, this beautiful Catholic church. Um, I'll try to pronounce it. Um, Carl Skirsch, Carl Skirch. (laughs) Um, it's a Roman Catholic church and it's really pretty. It's in Vienna, Austria. In her autobiography, Ecstasy and Me, uh, she described Mandel as an extremely controlling husband who strongly objected to her simulated orgasm scene in Ecstasy and prevented her from pursuing her acting career. She claimed she was kept a visual, virtual prisoner in her castle home. They lived in a castle. Um, Mandel would fly into a rage Um, if she even mentioned acting or her past in doing so he did not care about her passions or desires he seemed to seek to confine her and control her he won his prize yeah yeah, she's a trophy just that's it he wanted to own her and he also mentioned and seemed to think that he rescued her from acting (laughs) (sighs) Uh, Mandel had close social and business ties to the Italian government selling munitions to the country. And although like Hetty, his own father was Jewish, his mother was not. So I guess he's not really Jewish. Um, He had ties to the Nazi regime of Germany as well, which I'm not sure she knew that before she married him. But Lamar wrote that the dictators of both countries attended lavish parties that at their home. I'm sure they loved her being there. (laughs) Uh, Lamar accompanied Mandel to business meetings uh, where he conferred with scientists and other professionals involving a military technology. These conferences were her introduction to the field of applied science and nurtured her talent um, of, or sorry, her love for love and talent for science. Um, thankfully she did meet some people during that time and it did lead to what she does later on. Um, Lamar's marriage to Mandel eventually became unbearable and she decided to separate herself from both her husband and the country in 1937. In her autobiography, she wrote that she disguised herself as her maid and fled to Paris but by other accounts, she persuaded Mandel to let her wear all her all of her jewelry to a dinner party, then disappeared. <laughs> I want to believe it's that one. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, the layered look is really in right now. I just want to wear all of it. All of it right now. <laughs> I want everyone to see how much you love me. That's probably what she said, actually. <laughs> Um, she writes about her marriage. I knew very soon that I could never be an actress while I was his wife. He was the absolute monarch in his marriage. I was like a doll. I was like a thing, some object of art, which had to be guarded and imprisoned, having no mind, no life of its own. That's so sad. <laughs> um <laughs> She ran back to the screen, but knew she did not want to be taken advantage of again. She knew she had talent and deserved to be paid accordingly. She was scouted by Louis B. Mayer, who offered her a contract for $125 a week. How much do you think that would be in today's money? 
don't, do, I don't know. Do, do, Probably do, do, a couple do. thousand at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2,665. But she knew this was not appropriate for the work that she would do. She, um, they would want her, um, they would want her to do a lot of roles and a lot of actresses were being used like for movie after movie after movie, which we do now too. But Mm -hmm. she knew that they would be pumping out movies and be making a lot of money off of her. And she knew that she was good at what she did. Um, so she got on the same boat as him to New York. Um, and she impressed the scouts so much with her intellect and with how she carried herself and he caved and agreed to her terms of $500 a week, which would be about $10,660 a week in today's <laughs> economy. <laughs> I love that she fought for herself. Right. Um, this, this was when um, she also changed her name uh, from Hedwig Keisler to Hedy Lamar. This was partly to pull away from her nickname the ecstasy lady (laughs) that's uh so original (laughs) i know right um and she chose this last name after a silent film star she looked up to named barbara la mar so la is the middle name mar is the last name who had passed away at 30 years old in 1926 and had appeared in 27 films while um, between 1920 and 1926. Also, she was a screen um, a screenwriter and was has a tragic story as well, which I did not know anything about her until I was researching this, and I might have to do her later because, <laughs> um, yeah, she was she died so young and in the yeah. middle of of working on things. Sorry. Yeah, it sounds knocked. like she was pretty. She's pretty prolific. Um. So she was brought to New York. I'm sorry. She was brought from New York to Hollywood and was promoted as the most beautiful woman in the world, (laughs) which as we've determined, she's very beautiful. (laughs) Um, I don't, I don't like us all comparing ourselves to each other. And of course it's men who are saying that it wasn't her saying that, but yeah. Um, so Meyer began loaning her out to producer Walter Wenger wanger uh, <laughs> where she starred in algiers in 1938 an americanized version of a french film pepe lamoco <laughs> um which was made only a year prior so they're remaking it a year later <laughs> that sounds about right uh right uh, we do that here the office uh what was that one with the vampires and the werewolves oh the what what we do in the shadows that one or a different one no that's another one <laughs> yeah well that one they just did a tv show spinoff it's not so much like a yeah but i, I don't know about that one it was like british and american like we don't understand uh people yeah. who speak british <laughs> i know shameless shameless is one the killing is another one because i watched like their their originals you know, mm-hmm. and then I and then I go and watch the American ones, and I'm like, man, it's just so dumbed down. Why it is, <laughs> or they do the exact same thing, like word for word, scene for scene, right? It's like I can just watch this in other English. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Let's see. The film was a hit. Um, she was pushed as an unknown but well-publicized Austrian actress, because I didn't want to say who she really was, <laughs> um, to be first uh, to be the first to see this new sensational actress on the silver screen in America because they had exiled her other movie. <laughs> <laughs> and um, everyone gasped when at Lamar's beauty when she got on the screen and they, she literally took their breath away is what some of the magazines said. <laughs> I think like, like at the time, like film had so much power to people because it was such a novelty mm-hmm. and you know, the way that it's not that, that beauty wasn't like made a big deal, but we weren't able to highlight it and like zoom in on it and do all of these things that like you started being able to do in film and stuff. So it's interesting to think about like the difference in how now we're just kind of like, we're sort of numb to it. Right. But at that point, you know, there are movies that came out later that, that had this like clockwork orange was like the intent of it was to shock people and to take you through the experience of it. And because people are so used to like watching difficult things now, they can't even watch that movie and experience it the way that it was intended at the time. But people were like traumatized by it when it came out, Mm -hmm. you know? And you could only see movies in the theater for the most part. So you couldn't buy them when they came out. You had no way of playing them. And yeah. so you could only see him on the big screen and it was a huge ordeal. And a lot of people could only afford to go like once a year, like <laughs> go and yeah. see a film. Um, so it was, it was a big deal. And a lot of people had never seen a movie before. And so seeing it huge like that and different effects that they do. And w- wasn't it like one of the first films was a train coming straight towards the screen? And people yeah. like freaked out, like people were like scared because like this yeah. train is coming towards them, and they had never seen something like that before. It's not, I mean, it sounds totally feasible. Like I, yeah, I I could see people who because they've never seen like the there'd be their brain wouldn't be able to separate from reality because they haven't learned to make that separation yet the way that that we have. You know, all those studies have shown that we, even though we can be like, yeah, that's on TV, we still respond. We still aren't able to fully separate ourselves from it, which is why it's important that we pay attention to what we watch and stuff. Yeah. And vice versa, because we also react the same way a lot of times in real life as we would to a movie. Yeah. Um, Because they're so intertwined now in our lives, digital, like implements of things are just so uh, yeah that's a lot i wish we could go back to the stone age <laughs> not not like politically <laughs> yeah just if, or or like have the technology but like with a species that was more inclined towards moderation yes yes <laughs> like i'm happy to have it with being with my you like I, I know you can relate to this too but with how my health has been i'm glad that i have the technology because everyone i hang out with is virtual now yeah and with covid and all of that going on i'm sure people would have been less depressed during the bubonic plague if <laughs> yeah they had people to talk to um, right which it'll be out before this comes out so i can talk about it a little bit but i just did an episode on the dancing plague 
<laughs> and it reminds me of that too, but um, how people are so, what did I want to say? They're so influenced by each other and how much more influenced we are now with technology that different things like the dancing plague are happening through not, it doesn't matter spatially where you're at. It depends on the circles that you're in online because yeah. there's people like with self-diagnosing themselves with things they don't have because they're so in tune with the people that are there around. And so they manifest the um, symptoms that people that they follow or really like have, like we see it in the non-pregnant um, person in a relationship having the symptoms of the pregnant person because they're so in tune with that person. And I, I believe a lot of times it's because usually it's because they care about the person. Sometimes it's because they're narcissistic and they want the attention. But Yeah. Um, well, and even but, like women, yeah. women who like people who think they're pregnant, but they're not, they can actually trigger the hormones to cause themselves to have the symptoms of pregnancy and, and mm -hmm. everything. It's, it's fascinating, like how powerful that, you know, so it's, it makes it like all the more important to be like self-aware and like sort of mindful of yourself in relation to what you're consuming. Yeah, definitely. And being able to separate out what you are consuming and what's real life and being able to go through that in your own mind um, so that you can differentiate. I think journaling is a great way to do that. And I need to do that more. Yeah, I, know, I, I miss watched, it. I used to. I watch a lot of horror. <laughs> <laughs> I used to journal like every day and I started when I was like eight. And then at my, my last job, I just didn't have the whatever. And that's part of why I post on Facebook as much as I do is because it's the closest thing to journaling, but I really should just get back into actual journaling. It's just, I like the engagement. Like I'm so isolated that it's hard to put energy into something that isn't going to get me it's a little bit for of you. Yeah. I agree. And I think that's why, like, I do a lot of poetry and a lot of it I never shared. And then when I started sharing it and people like related to it and it felt really validating and then it felt lonely to go back to writing poetry for just myself again <laughs> yeah I think that was part of it because I used to I switched from writing in journals to doing live journal and then when live journal died I was like well what am I gonna where am I gonna share it because that was I have friends even to this day that I made on live journal back in like 2001 to 2004 and you know it's like was nice to be able to share it, even if it was a journal entry or whatever, it just, mm -hmm. you know, but yeah, I don't know. Is there something like live journal now? Cause, or is, do they no. just use social media? I don't know. Cause live journal is still around, but I don't know that. I don't think it's used in the U S very much anymore, mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't really I used know. one. So the one I, I didn't use live journal, but I used one called letters and it was L-E-T-T-R-S. And that's where I published a lot of my poetry. But you could also do journal entries and um, short stories. And it was share. You could choose for it to be shared or just for yourself. And um, I had all of my stuff on there. And then the whole site got shut down because they didn't have enough engagement anymore. And I'm like, I loved that site, though, because you can 
like decorate it. You could make your, um, you at, you can have custom stamps that you put on your little, I loved it. It was very artsy and I'm sad that it's gone. Did you, were you able to download your stuff? So you have your con your content. Thankfully I had already been downloading it after I would publish it there. I would save it. And so I did find most of them. Uh, I think I'm missing some, but my favorite ones I do have, and they're saved the way that they were on there. So I have it with the background and the stamp and everything. (laughs) Okay, cool. And, um, but I'm rewriting them now, handwriting them and I'm making a book. Um, it's, I don't know if it'll ever actually be published, but that's my hope. And I'm doing a poem, um, a journal entry or short story, and then a, a sketch. And so I'm going to do it that way um, throughout the whole book. And I want it all in my handwriting. I don't want any of it typed. And we'll see if if I ever publish that. That sounds like it sounds like even if you don't publish it, it sounds like a really just I don't know enjoyable project. Something to put oh, your energy into, it. you know. I've, I've had a lot of fun making it and I have, I think I have like 10 poems and like five journal entries in there. And then I have a sketch for each of the poems and then I have to write more journal entries, get caught up on that and then add more poems. (laughs) Poems Mm -hmm. are easier to write for me. (laughs) Yeah. I I can't do poetry at all. We will be in a two day intermission because we are chatty Cathy's. So join us next time on Frightening Frauen for the other half of this conversation.